Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Angel the Series one by one. We will spoil episodes that we've already discussed, but we will be spoiler-free for episodes in the future. Loving a ritual sacrifice with pie, I'm Harrison. And needing more condensed milk, I'm Jason. Harrison, what episode... I, um, obviously referring to Thanksgiving, are we watching this yeah. week? Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, Jason, we're watching, uh, at long last, uh, Buffy Season 4, Episode 8, Pangs. Uh, this is the one where some white writers tried and really, 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 really missed the mark. Um... On their uh, their depiction of indigenous peoples. Pangs was written by Jane Espenson. You're better than this. You're so much <laughs> better than this. And directed by Michael Lang. And originally aired on November 23rd, 1999. Which I'm assuming was extremely close to Thanksgiving. Yeah, it would have had to... I mean, I think the show was airing on... Yeah, the show aired on Tuesdays. So, yeah, it would have been... Uh, just probably like two days before. Mm -hmm. Well, Jason, tell me, what are you drinking this week? Harrison, I have a blueberry wine that I bought from Meyer, which, um, was, uh, delightfully sweet. And I, I kind of want something to uh, be nice and sweet to take the edge off of talking about this episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one time I got uh, really drunk with my grandma on a bottle of blueberry wine. Um, <laughs> that's fun. Uh, my my uh, maternal grandma was also a... Um, she loved drinking wine. And um, I remember even before I turned 21, she... Uh, she like always wanted to drink wine with me like right around the time i turned like uh 18 or something mm-hmm. so like that was really the only time i ever had alcohol before turning 21 was when like my grandma was <laughs> like jason you're my drinking buddy so we're gonna drink nice. and i'm like all right yeah and it, it's not she wasn't an alcoholic or anything just making that clear right now she was <laughs> she was not an alcoholic she just really loved like drinking at family get-togethers and it was it was a nice little memory that i had with her that's nice yeah this one we were it was father's day and my uh my grandma just brought brought out this bottle of blueberry wine from uh from ubers um yeah that's that's good stuff and uh she like poured herself a glass and she asked if anyone else wanted some and i was the only one like everyone else was like no no thanks and i had a glass with her and then we just we just worked our way through the bottle and then um luckily my aunt had uh given me a ride there so she like (laughs) she drove me home and i was so drunk and it was the day before we were supposed to uh we had to be up early the next morning because we had a flight we were going to canada with john's family oh so i was so hungover on the flight to canada and incidentally i was also super hungover for our flight back um well i mean at least you're consistent going there and coming back um i'm also drinking wine uh nothing special just a a small a small glass of red um 
uh, from a box. That's honestly becoming more of your go-to than gin and tonic is, in, um, at least in this uh, in this podcast setting. Yeah, uh, I mean, honestly, a lot of the time it's just like, <laughs> what do we have? Like, what's in the house? And wine was what was in the house. Um, you know, we haven't... Uh, we haven't really been buying a lot of... We haven't really bought gin recently. It's been, uh, as I mentioned, uh, vodka and cranberries. Although, uh, yesterday, John bought bourbon. So, it looks like he's back in a bourbon sort of mood. <laughs> but uh, So, yeah. Anyway, um, a toast. Um, oh, gosh. Uh, what is there? What's, what is there to... T- uh, you know, I, I'm going to say a toast to Anya. Um a breath of fresh air in in an otherwise very uncomfortable episode. Yeah, that's true. Um, Cheers. I've also or got did you water. just chase your wine? <laughs> no, I just, I mean, yes, technically I did. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, I also have a glass of water here and I just, my mouth was feeling very, very dry before I took like my wine sip and then so i was like i need to get some moisture in here um that that isn't wine because alcohol famously is uh uh is not very hydrating so um how should we start this uh discussion um yeah good good question i think i think the first thing we need to do so i'm gonna do it right now um we need to acknowledge like where we are we're white people we are white men um you know i uh i really um before doing this episode i did some uh i I was doing some like research trying to find some perspectives uh on this episode uh from indigenous perspectives to try to bring that into into this discussion um and unfortunately I I had a lot of trouble. I found a lot of white people who had thoughts about this episode, um, but um, uh, not a lot of uh, not a lot of indigenous voices. Um, but I did come up with. I actually found a um, a, a podcast called uh, Metian Space, um, which is a podcast hosted by two indigenous women. Uh, about science fiction and their first episode their very first episode that they did was about that about pangs um okay so i gave that a listen and that was um it was it was very interesting um i would uh recommend it it's meti in space that's m-e-t-i-s uh in space and um they uh they were very you know they uh they gave this episode the critical dressing down it deserves um but they're uh they were also just very funny and uh uh is in a very entertaining listen so i would i would recommend that and then um i meant to bring it up but i also found a uh a website called um american indians in children's literature um which is founded by uh dr debbie reese of the uh of nambe pueblo and it's less of a critical um, appraisal, but it's more of just a description of the um, the the depiction of the native characters in the episode. But um, there are a couple kind of critical um, comments she makes towards the end. Um, specifically, said she says 
such mixed messages, mockery mixed with sensitivity, kind of a mess. Um, which I was like, yeah, that seems, uh, that seems accurate. Uh, yeah. Um, so all of that is to say, I'm going to bring in some of the, uh, perspectives that are brought by these, these resources, but, um, uh, and, you know, we're going to discuss this to the best of our ability, but, um, just know that the best of our ability is, is limited because we have a limited experience we, in this. We in this are acknowledging that we, while being authorities on Buffy, we yes. are in no way authorities on, uh, Native American culture mm-hmm. and, uh, depictions of native americans in media so we will be giving like our two cents um but just remember what that perspective is yeah um and i would also just i would really recommend uh if you if you want to uh, get a better perspective uh that that podcast episode um because it was just really good um i i'm probably gonna listen uh to to more of uh, more of their podcast because I, I enjoyed it and, and if you watch this episode and feel like oh man that was not a good depiction of native cultures at all it doesn't like highlight good things about them mm-hmm. i mean you're you're right yeah <laughs> but uh if you want uh what i believe is a um a very good depiction of or very good at the very least utilization of the talents of Native American actors, I recommend uh, Westworld Season 2, episode... Mm-hmm. Let me... Uh, I think it's 7. I looked it up. I actually up. looked this episode up earlier because I, I was like, I guarantee oh. at some point this we're going to talk about this Westworld episode as a... Yeah, I'm just going to throw it out there right now. But, um, uh, and I could be pronouncing this wrong, but Kiksuya? Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I don't know if you're pronouncing it correctly or not, but... yeah. Yeah, it is it is a Lakota word uh, for remember, um, but yes, it is the eighth episode of oh. season two, and um, I mean yes, granted, Westworld is a um, is kind of like a show that you have to watch every episode of, mm-hmm. but um, this episode it it, it just kind of blew me away, and I love that um, uh, typically on the streaming platforms because this is an HBO show, it'll have a little bit of extra stuff at the end of the episode and they do um interview the uh Mm -hmm. they do interview like the main actor um oh what's his name uh zon mclaren is his name okay yeah he i I guess technically he's um he's not a guest actor so he didn't like pull up immediately on uh the episode Mm -hmm. page in westworld but uh no it's um that I felt I felt was very moving episode just in general, mm-hmm. and uh, and then the uh, I like the little after after bit um, that kind of goes into just kind of how hard it is for um, native people to uh, mm-hmm. get diversified acting roles in mm-hmm. in American cinema, so. Yeah. And on the uh, uh, behind the cameras too, um, I was reading about that episode earlier. As, as I said, um, they um, part of I think what helps make that episode so good is they had they brought people in for uh, you know to consult uh, from the Lakota tribes to consult on the episode, and uh, they um, you know they they it wasn't just a bunch of white people going 
look what we'd made and patting themselves on the back you know they were they were bringing in the proper voices yeah um that needed to be heard and um you know which is glaringly obvious watching pangs that that didn't happen here and yep we talked about this before and we're gonna keep talking about it buffy doesn't handle race extremely well um this episode reminds me in a way of uh inca mummy girl and i think the reason for that was because um unfortunately in the late 90s early 2000s um race and the appropriate depictions of it in media weren't as prominent of topics as they are now yeah yeah um and yeah it it just it's disappointing you know it's a glaring flaw in a show that we you know obviously we both really love um and you know angel angel handles its representation slightly better but it's like it's it's slight it is a degree speaking Um, of angel guess who's in this episode um, it shouldn't be. There's no, I, no. I, I'm also just. Get, I'm gonna get this thought out of here right away. Even outside of its problematic storyline, this, the this whole having Angel here is stupid. It's dumb. It, it accomplishes nothing, except for, except for, getting Buffy to go to LA next week. Yeah. You know, spoiler, so, um, but I, I think we all know that's what's happening. So uh yeah, I was I was probably gonna say this till the end of the episode, but I'm just gonna go ahead and say yeah. it now. Like as you said, um putting like even not even not um considering the uh bad things involving uh native depictions, this this episode fails on three fronts. One, it tries to start a dialogue that it will not finish um and doesn't come off in the best light i guess it's kind of related to native depictions but the fact that like they kind of went out of their way to be like oh let's let's talk about this but then like it's ultimately fruitless um that's a big strike against it um it tries Mm -hmm. to introduce a um a a threat for buffy to fight that is like not demon related for the most part and um it honestly like you feel like if they were going in on like this bad racial depiction they would at least try to make a good story out of it but they don't um Mm -hmm. and then like the third is the fact that angel i mean you're this is coming from a guy who loves angel like his you could take him out of the episode and it would not and it would Mm -hmm. not affect anything like it was and I really do think that the reason that Angel is in this episode, the reason this crossover happens, is um, given like Angel's brief appearances in the episode, I believe that at the beginning of the, like we're still kind of in the early part of the season, first half, and uh, of both shows, and I think that Angel wasn't getting the audience that the WB wanted it to. So they had Angel, like, Angel's appearances mostly are referring to things that are happening in Angel. Um, He says, oh, I have a friend who saw visions of Buffy, reference to Doyle, obviously, and, um, and, uh, like, uh, when... Willow mentions mentions Cordelia Cordelia working for Angel. So I think it was more kind of like a way to get the Buffy fans to watch Angel. Mm. 
Um, I hadn't considered that, but I wouldn't be. I mean, I'm sure that yeah, it, there must have those yeah. discussions. I feel like it must was, have been going on. I feel like it was kind of like shameful marketing, shameful plug. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so those are the three. Those are the three big strikes that follow the biggest strike. Um, yeah, I am gonna give one thing that this episode does um, really well, and I'm I think almost entirely on accident. <laughs> Um, is via Willow, it, uh, it does create a, a nice condemnta- condemnation of, um, I, I guess, like, white liberal uh, fragility, you know, the, like, um, the, the, the very, um, uh, kind of what uh, Jordan Peele was also skewering in Get Out, the, you know, the white liberals... Who, oh yeah, uh, I, would very vote, I would have voted for Obama for a third term if I could. Exactly. <laughs> um, but but when the chips are down, like um, you know, it's a very real thing. It's a very real phenomenon, and I don't. And it's what we see in this episode, but I don't think it was intentional. No. <laughs> um, um, but uh, I I was like, this is. Uh, it's kind of funny that they they have inadvertently through Willow kind of mocking what themselves and what they're doing here. Um, so yeah. Well, we've been uh, tiptoeing around it enough. Let's um, let's go ahead and dive in. Yeah. Um, cold open basically uh, just establishes that uh, you know Buffy's doing what she does best. She kills a vampire. And uh, Angel, it's revealed that Angel's kind of watching her from afar. That's it. Angel's, Angel pisses me off with this, I'm not going to reveal myself to Buffy thing. Um, And I am glad that uh, Giles and Willow both call him for his bullshit. You know, um, I think they should have gone a step further and just told Buffy. um, Because I think Buffy has a right to know. You know, they are making the everyone is making this decision for Buffy, and I don't think that's fair. Anyway, yeah, the fact that the the <laughs> fact that Doyle's vision concerned Buffy's safety, I mean, Buffy is like, I think that we get so desensitized to the fights that Buffy gets into because she gets into them on a weekly basis. Um, I think mm-hmm. that we get desensitized to it to the point where we kind of forget. Oh yeah, Buffy's fighting in a life or death fight for the most Mm. part. So she needs like any leg up that she can get. So if there's like a prophetic vision that shows that she's in danger, she should know about it. Yeah. And this, you know, this danger is no greater than anything else she's ever. It's not, it it falls very short. Um, and, uh, of whatever expectations you could have. And, um, in all fairness, I'm pretty sure that uh, Doyle's vision was not taken from this episode because no. it does not, the visuals that he sees at the end looks more like just, you know, any other episode of Buffy. Yeah. I think, this is kind of my own fan theory, but I think that the vision he got was just generic. It was just like, just pointing them to Buffy. Mm-hmm. And I think its purpose was actually not uh to not the events of this episode but to i mean 
obviously its purpose uh uh, from a writer's perspective was this but like in the universe as well what you know the powers that be specifically used this uh, vision to get to the events of the next episode yeah um, that's which, my uh, uh yeah. my my theory anyway. yeah and um but first we gotta get through this one uh yeah, yeah um so you see sunnydale greener pastures you see sunnydale is very excited because they are uh breaking ground for a new cultural center building do you know who's more excited than them about that <laughs> uh is anya about the concept of dig xander digging yes um <laughs> it's I-, I love that anya is slowly incorporating herself into the group much to the chagrin of willow um, oh, willow hates anya <laughs> i don't really know why um I, I can imagine I, in real life someone like Anya could be difficult to... Uh, I think... But I, I, to... I actually kind of think since like a lot of the hostility does come from Willow that maybe with Oz being gone, she doesn't mm. like seeing Xander being with somebody. Especially, you know, like an ex-Vengeance demon. Little um, little jealousy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I can see that. And it's, and it's not like... It's not that she wants Xander anymore it's more along the lines of like well god i don't want to see you doing well and me not doing well <laughs> Xander's is the kind of friend that you kind of gauge uh like <laughs> well, at least i'm not xander you know uh, and so, so when that friend is doing better than you you, you're never feeling great <laughs> in all fairness um uh willow does come out a little bit better than xander in this episode uh health health wise at least but uh, oh my gosh but yeah um apparently like um anya just likes to vocalize that she's imagining sex with xander anytime she sees xander starting to shovel and <laughs> i love that buffy points out like wow imaginary xander is very vigorous yeah. <laughs> he's got a lot of stamina <laughs> i um i cannot blame anya though you know i don't love Xander, but uh, he was looking pretty fine. Uh, uh, in fact, uh, uh, construction worker Xander was my gay agenda for for this week. Um, I was Is that a nice little know. village people reference. <laughs> yeah. um, I, I also also like, with um, a bad depiction of native people, but yes. <laughs> um, there's um, it's uh. I don't, I don't remember what oh i was gonna say um anya's particularly happy that this is his new that he's got this construction job because uh as as we said the outfit is much sexier than from his last job and willow's like i will miss those the free hot dogs on a stick <laughs> so yeah that's it's weird because i think that is like a legit franchise um hot dog on a stick i'm fairly certain it is it's just it's not here but surprisingly it is <laughs> it is in like um because i'm pretty sure that's where um mave worked in season two of sex education i think she worked at hot oh, dog yeah. on a stick or yeah. something similar to it but yeah you know that's just funny. like I forgot just about that corn dogs it's corn dogs um yeah it's a corn dog <laughs> yeah uh but yeah so while uh anya's <laughs> very loudly vocalizing the, what's so great about Xander in the sack? Um, 
Xander starts digging, and of course, the something bad happens to him. The ground <laughs> caves in, and he falls and like uh, just drops into this um, old building, um, and uh, it is actually the Sunnydale Mission, mm-hmm. which uh, let me get the exact. Yeah, so it was a Catholic mission, um, but it was uh, swallowed by an earthquake, and uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Uh, this leads into um, this leads into stuff later on. But you know, when you're building something on top of a ruined on top of ruins of any kind, that's that's not gonna. Yep. that's bad news well, bears. That's all it is. It's... Willow. Willow does specifically say that everyone thought that the building just, like, just collapsed in the earthquake. No one realized that it had actually, like, been, like, swallowed into the earth. Mm. Um, So it seems like no one actually knew it was there. I also like that little, there is a little bit of continuity. Uh, There's a continuity continuity nod to the fact that um, that's the same thing that happened to the church that the master was trapped in in the first season. So, um, uh, you know, I always say I love it when the show remembers its history. Yeah, you gotta love that. Um, (laughs) Listen, I'm just grasping at anything. Yeah, no, 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 no. Um, I I, I hear you. Um, So Joyce is out of town. Um, She is with Aunt... uh, Aunt Darlene. Darlene. Is it Darlene or Arlene? I thought... Uh, it says Darlene on the Buffy wiki. Hmm. I thought it was Arlene. Oh. But, uh, yeah, so she's out of town for Thanksgiving, and this this doesn't seem right. I feel like Buffy is complaining about Joyce being out of town for Thanksgiving, but it doesn't seem... If she's complaining, I don't know why she didn't go with Joyce. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, I, I see no version of this going down where Joyce says, I'm going to go visit my sister for Thanksgiving, Buffy. I I mean, I guess maybe she was like, Buffy, do you want to come? And Buffy maybe was like, sorry, can't like slayer duties. But if that's the case, then I mean, Joyce is not obligated to to stay there and not visit her sister if Buffy like declines the invitation. Yeah, yeah, but so, yeah, and it's I think like, Buffy's being a little petulant. Yeah, well, that's that's <laughs> kind of like her thing this episode. She yeah. um and uh, she talks about how important Thanksgiving is to her, and she's telling this to Willow, and Willow of course is bringing up like uh. And she brought this up during the cultural center as well, um, mm-hmm. during that groundbreaking, because obviously the curator of the cultural center wanted to make comments on how, like, oh, we're we're celebrating everybody's cultures, and well, was like, uh, yeah, well, you know, except those cultures that you like, kind of killed and everything. Um, and uh, she brings that she reminds Buffy again of this because Thanksgiving is a um, very problematic holiday. Um, it does kind of celebrate this myth of, um, of good relations between, uh, the original settlers of the original English settlers of the, uh, of our country and the native peoples there when in fact it is a very bloody history. Um, 
So, but it's this kind Which of is... American romanticization of it. Yeah, exactly. That that's exactly it. It's uh, it's American romanticization. And later in the episode, Giles, oof, Giles does not come across well in this episode. Uh, I mean, no one does, but um, Giles has the line where he's basically like, um, you know, Willow saying we need to make people know about this. And Giles is like, it's in the history books. People know about it. And it's like, no. like <laughs> Yeah, no. <laughs> like, no. It, what's in the history books is, is an extremely sanitized version of what happened. And, and yeah, and people don't know. Or, and, or they do know, and they, you know, are kind of dismissive of it. Um, at the same time, uh, Spike is still... Uh in not great shape because he does um like he as as was revealed he has the chip in his head and that prevents him from uh from uh harming human beings and he kind of needs that for blood um he doesn't seem to be the he doesn't seem to be one to go for the blood bags uh there's a scene where he's he's outside some like vampire lair like watching them forlornly through a window as they kill someone yeah and and it's very (laughs) much like it's like fucking out of a christmas carol or something well no like it's meant to be like uh making fun of thanksgiving it's like oh this is thanks thanksgiving for the vampires they're all gathered around the body i did not even make that connection oh my god (laughs) no that's vampire thanksgiving (laughs) oh my god oh 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 sorry i just i want to go back to the first scene for a second because i just i meant to mention this and blah 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 blah. buffy's wearing a fucking cowboy hat oh my god yeah i remember that i remember i remember i remember thinking that in the in that in it's in the groundbreaking scene and she's just wearing that i'm like oof. I mean, not right? only not only should you not be wearing that in general, because I don't think like that really looks that great on her. But no, it looks this, terrible. But like of all the episodes to be wearing a fucking cowboy hat, <laughs> which is like okay, that that like that's the question: was that deliberate, like, or was it just no one was thinking these things through? Like, like I I, I don't know. I feel like if we I feel like if we dwell on this for too long, we're just gonna get angrier. <laughs> Um, yeah <laughs> yeah uh riley is riley and um graham and forrest are hunting spike and uh yeah this is this is really weird because i mean i know we just had the initiative stuff revealed last in the last buffy episode but it, with all the stuff going on it feels like having that on top of it just seems like oh my gosh really like this too yeah I, I, it doesn't really go anywhere except for to like lead to Buffy and Riley's conversation about uh, his extremely dull sounding Thanksgiving. Oh my god. Yeah. Oh my god. I was like, that sounds like the fucking worst. But honestly, if you look at Riley, like the minute that he said that he was from Iowa, like it's like all those, all those pictures (laughs) immediately conjured up in your head anyway. Um, yeah. I love Buffy going, that's one of the ones in the middle, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, so yeah, Spike's basically just on the run from the initiative. Anya, um, like, goes to check on Xander, and he's actually very sick. Um, 
I like how she says like, "Oh, I used to, I used to inflict lots of different diseases on people in my time as a vengeance demon." Looks like you've got all of them. <laughs> Which, not not she's not too far off um, as it turns. No, she's out. not. Um, yeah, and uh, but she does. Um, Xander at first is like, "Oh yeah, I don't want you to like take care of me that much." But then like when she starts, you know, taking off all of his clothes and stuff, he's like, "Oh, you know, this isn't too bad." And he uh, inadvertently refers to as a very weird girlfriend, in which case, um, and of course, this makes Ani go, I'm your girlfriend? I'm girlfriend. And, uh, <laughs> and he's like, oh, I must be delirious. But, uh, but he kind of like begrudgingly accepts it. And Ani's like, oh, I love what this disease is doing to you. <laughs> She's, I mean, I love Anya. I love her so much. And she is like... She is this, I, this this episode. She's in like her A game, uh, yeah, for the most part. Um, um but uh, yes. So the uh, so Professor Gerhardt, the uh, Professor Gerhardt, the person who is uh, doing the groundbreaking for the mm-hmm. cultural center, is um, is in the cultural center and just looking at where looking at some of the things that are on display but all of a sudden this green mist just kind of comes out of nowhere and um it eventually uh it eventually like materialized itself around a um a knife and uh it says it says a spear on the buffy wiki and maybe that's because it's like a spear tip or a spear head but I really do think that it's like mm-hmm. a knife. It's it's more a knife. Yeah. Um but yes, when it comes into contact with this weapon, it turns into a very large Native American man and uh it immediately like grabs Professor Gerhardt and cuts her throat, which um we'll say like is pretty gruesome. Uh you don't actually see blood and I think yeah. that's kind of like Good job on the on like the camera person for like being able to get that shot right before um, and still make mm-hmm. it believable. Um, yeah. So yeah, good good job on that. So uh, Buffy and Willow decide to investigate the next day, um, which I don't know. It seemed very weird. Like it, you just yeah, have to chalk I... it up. Yeah, you just have to chalk it up to them. Like. Because they say that they saw her the report of her murder on the news. And um, I think you just have to chalk it up to, oh, they're investigating any suspicious death. Um, yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it, 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 that must be it. Because it's like, why would they, like, they have, at this point, anyway, they have nothing... Yeah, no information indicating that this is something supernatural. And there's nothing in between um, Gerhardt being killed and Buffy and Willow walking into the museum. Except, like, a commercial yeah. break. Um, yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, and um, so the curator's body was actually missing an ear. Um, so they take note of that. And uh, and Willow's trying to think, like, oh, maybe it's, like, a, a witch uh or or a wicca or something um because mm-hmm. like ears have like a lot of potent magic in them or maybe it's like somebody trying to build a demon out of ears or something like that <laughs> yeah it's very very strange like um 
Buffy does notice that specifically one thing is missing, and that is a knife uh, that when she reads the little placard uh, underneath the knife is uh, from the Shumash tribe, which mm-hmm. is an actual Native American uh, tribe. Yes, they that, are. Yes. And despite what this episode tells us, has not been completely wiped out. Um, there are lots of Shumash uh, people still living in Southern California. Yes. It's a very bizarre choice to use a real tribe, but then claim that this, like, right? Like, that's weird. That doesn't... It... I'm not gonna lie. I I thought the first time I watched this, back when I was doing my first Buffy watch-through, I assumed that the Shumash was a fictional tribe. Um, Mm -hmm. and it wasn't until I did the, and unfortunately I was like living with that assumption for years because it wasn't until after watching this episode when I just looked up just to see like, oh, is this based off of a particular, uh, native tribe in that region of the country? And it turns out, oh yeah, it was the Shumash. So, um, or Chumash or I don't know, like. I could be mispronouncing it. I apologize. Um, but yeah, that knife is missing. Um, so Buffy goes to Giles, as she does, as she is wont to do. And we did actually kind of skip over the main reason why they had that whole, why we were talking about Joyce leaving for Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah. But Buffy has decided that uh, she wants to have that Thanksgiving, um, that she still wants to have that Thanksgiving experience with her friends um yeah uh she wants to have a scam with yams uh a sham with sham yams. with yams excuse me uh <laughs> i love willow's you're not gonna jokey rhyme your way out of this one <laughs> it's a yam sham uh but uh yeah buffy buffy does have like a very very emotional attachment to thanksgiving and you know that we're learning about this week <laughs> yeah and i can't blame her for that because mm-hmm. um when I think about Thanksgiving, um, it's, I don't attach that significance that people have. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't see that as a celebration of the, um, of like this, uh, romanticized version of, uh, native and settler relations. I, I think of it. The reason that I enjoy Thanksgiving is because, oh, it's when I get to see my family, it's when we get to have nice food and it's um and it's like when we get to watch some football so uh the the three f's of thanksgiving and um and the truth is is that uh that's what buffy likes as well however it's you also can't like deny that it is a problematic holiday for yeah um, her her kind of obsession over this too actually does track with how the beginning of the season went for her. She had such a rough transition into college and this, um, you know, this new life that she's in right now. But um, it makes, even though things have gotten a little smoother for her, it makes sense to see her try to latch on to some sense of um of normalcy of um you know i'm sure she was 
you know, looking forward to a normal Thanksgiving with Joyce, who then kind of, <laughs> you know, um, sent her into this tizzy we see her in when she doesn't get that. So um, I, I, I do, I, I understand where Buffy's headspace is, um, even though I think the episode has her lean a little too far into like this manic obsession. With, with, yeah, and with it, it, and it, it just comes ill-timed when it's like thrown into the the actual important things in the episode. Um, yeah. Uh, so Giles says that he's going to look up stuff about the Shumash tribe, and uh, when Buffy leaves. Uh, that's when it's kind of revealed that Angel's been hanging with, like, with Giles. Um, and, uh, he explains, fills you in, if you haven't been watching Angel, that, uh, um, his friend, he doesn't actually mention Doyle by name, which, uh, makes me a little sad. Um, but, uh, he does say that his friend has had visions of Buffy in danger, and, um... That's when Giles, like, as you said, kind of calls Angel out on his bullshit. It's like, you know, protecting her isn't really your job anymore. And, of course, Angel says the same thing to Giles. Angel's like, oh, if Buffy sees me, then it's just gonna, like, throw her off her game and stuff like that. And uh, he has, and he has concerns that maybe that's why, like, the vision happened that she was in danger. But in the end, it doesn't really amount to anything. And you know what's irritating is, you know what's actually throwing Buffy off of her game is the fact that she knows something's up. We see throughout the episode, I guess it's her slayer senses, but she, there's some instinct telling her something, something is off. Um, And, and, you know, like you said, it doesn't amount to anything. We see Buffy keep getting distracted because of this, whereas if he'd just come out, you know, she wouldn't be. And I'm just mad at Angel. I'm just so mad at him. Yeah, it's... I mean, everybody seems fairly out of character in this episode. And, yes. And uh, I'm not, uh, a, yeah. not a fan of it. Honestly, like, the only the only two people that don't seem to be out of character are Giles... Or, excuse me, not Giles. Um, Spike and Xander. Uh, and I think Anya's pretty in oh, character. Oh, yeah. Excuse me, um, Anya. Yeah. But, I was kind of, uh, like, talking yeah. more about, like, the main characters of the cast uh, yeah, but yeah. but no like yeah Anya let's throw her in there too um Willow's trying to keep Buffy on track but Buffy but Buffy's like well did you buy like um uh, she and uh she's like oh but you need to buy this and Willow's like I'm pretty sure that Giles has whipped cream it's like but you gotta make the whipped cream by hand you gotta whip your own cream and <laughs> and uh then um Riley shows up and he wants to say hi to Buffy because, you know, he likes her. And um, Willow decides to give those two lovebirds a chance to talk. And, I mean, I'm actually kind of uh, glad that... Uh, I, Willow, I think in retrospect, Willow would be very glad that she wasn't there for that conversation. Because yeah. God knows we don't need to hear about, like, the most boring-ass childhood ever. Uh, it's you know this is the one time i'm glad angel's here to so that we get to watch the angel willow scene and not the buffy riley scene but yeah then angel reveals himself to willow and i like that willow like immediately thinks like you're evil again and well of course she does he grab like he like 
grabs her and like covers her mouth and like pins her yeah. to a wall. Dude, man, come on. But yeah, but then um, why not just say like, hey, Willow? I'm... It's me. <laughs> I don't want Buffy to know I'm here. But yeah, but he uh, yeah, because Buffy's clearly occupied right now, and um, and Angel does like kind of talk to uh, he's just like, oh, I'm not letting Buffy know that I'm here. Um, but who's that guy? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so he's uh, he's he's probably getting a little jelly. I also love, I know we mentioned it kind of at the top, but um, Willow Willow's line about, oh, I hear Cordelia's working for you, so how's that? <laughs> like, Which she probably found out from Oz. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. That would, uh, that would, that would, that would all track logically. Um, however, you know, it should be noted that apart from a uh, very brief, appearance as a guy that looks like angel this is angel's first appearance on buffy since spinning off yeah so i wish it had been better uh but um yeah now we get to one of the few good scenes of the episode where spike is uh (laughs) returning to his hideout once again and um harmony is there we get we get a little bit of harmony in this yep in this episode i'm so grateful that uh, one that harmony's here but that harmony and by extension mercedes mcnab does not have to get anywhere near this plot yeah um. it's and it's and it's really it's it's a really funny scene too because like spike is trying to you know appeal to appeal to like her sex drive which she almost succeeds at but, real um, yeah but they're just like, no, I have been reading books and I am, I am, I am strong on my own. I am independent and pulls out a steak from the bed. It's like, you wouldn't do that to me. He's like, you did it to me. Uh, Spike's reaction is so funny because he's like on the bed and when she pulls it out, he like, like he almost does like a, like a backflip, nearly, <laughs> yeah. like trying to get away from me, like throws himself across the room. Uh, good for her harmony i am i'm proud of you girl you but yeah he's just like hey can you give me a little somebody to eat and she's like get out <laughs> that's all we see of harmony but um you know what it is one of the better scenes of this episode yep worth it buffy has told willow that giles has found this guy named father gabriel um who is a priest uh that um knows a lot about a lot about um and Giles gets this info from Angel, um, oh, yeah. BTW, uh, and um, it is a priest whose uh, heritage has kind of been in this area of Sunnydale for a long time, so he probably knows some of the history of the Shumash people, um, stuff that would be passed down, and um, yeah, so Buffy is like going to meet with him, seems very strange that they're going to be meeting like on a Wednesday night before Thanksgiving. Yeah. But I mean, hey, I guess like Catholic priests and I'm I guess like Catholic priests try to like make themselves available at any time. Um and uh I don't know. <laughs> um and and I'm assuming that he's Catholic because uh it was mentioned that uh the Sunnydale mission was a Catholic mission yeah. as well. So uh but when she gets there, she finds the uh, 
Native American spirit who is named uh, Hus uh is actually in is actually killing uh father gabriel um buffy gets into a fight as she does and um she's unable to like she has the opportunity to like try to go for the kill but she doesn't um the uh and this is when we get into like the very problematic part of this episode yeah yeah this is where um, it starts yeah, because the Except spirit really because in. yes, because Huss says that um, he is a spirit of vengeance for his people that were brutally murdered, and um, and so Buffy ends up like she does gain the upper hand, but Huss gets a chance to get away, and when he does get away, he turns into a flock of crows. Yep, and, yes, he does. Um, and just like this is. This is not good because it reads, it literally just, it literally is just like some people taking common conceptions about Native Americans, for instance, Mm -hmm. um, uh, the, the oneness with nature and, uh, their spirituality and it's like throwing it all in there like, oh, of course a Native American can turn into a bunch of crows. Of course they would send an angry spirit of vengeance. Yeah. And so yeah. on on the podcast uh, that I was listening to, this was where they, they one of the hosts said something I thought was really insightful. That all of this, this whole episode, uh, what she, she referred to it as colonial fear. And this is the quote she said. Uh, that if indigenous peoples are in any way acknowledged, still living, giving any power whatsoever, that we will turn around and do unto them as they have done unto us. Um, and I mean, it's exactly what's being put on on screen here. Um, and um, you know, and that's the thing. It there is the acknowledgement of um, uh, th- there's the acknowledgement of all of these atrocities. And then this um, go-to reaction that, like, that if the tables were turned, this is, you know, what would happen. So it's almost, in a way, it's almost, it feels like a way of justifying these horrible, horrible things that have happened by saying, well, like, well, if the roles were reversed, like, so we had to. I Yeah. It, um, and it, and it doesn't look well at all because... You know, um, American media, particularly Westerns, um, which were obviously huge, especially following, like, uh, World War II um, Mm -hmm. throughout the 50s and 60s and, uh, you know, beyond that. um, But, you know, we're talking about the days of, like, uh, John Wayne um, and all those different Westerns. Uh, Very frequently, Native peoples are... Um, depicted as savages, as um, mm-hmm. antagonists uh, who want to, like, you know, murder people for uh, murder, like the uh, the brave cowboys for mm-hmm. being, um, and they they want to murder them either, like, uh, you know, for uh, for um, trespassing on their land, which they probably are, or even worse, to like. Uh, oh, we need you for, like, these rituals and stuff like that. So it's very, 
it's very common bad misconceptions about native culture Mm -hmm. and it's really sad to see this show that's being done in 1999 like the first depiction of kind of any native american in the history of the show so far is an antagonist that's a vengeful spirit that's looking to kill white people like it's it's not yeah it's not good it's it is taking every single one of those stereotypes and playing them completely straight um and no matter how much lip service they're giving via willow um to you know to try to um to you know make the the character more empathetic or what have you um they are still portraying this character in this very specific uh specific way and um yeah it's it's not it's not good and i yeah and i do i will i want to say i do think that this episode was written with the best of intentions but we all know what they say about the road to hell so here's the thing um one thing that is emphasized a lot in this episode is the argument between willows and willows and gile (laughs) willow and giles um (laughs) good old willows um willow and giles uh and it seems very you don't have these arguments typically like where they're talking about the um like oh what is like what what exactly should we be doing and like what's the uh mm-hmm. i'm blanking on the word that i need um what's like the justification for what we're doing and but it is very mm-hmm. prominent in here and at first i thought oh maybe they're actually trying to have a dialogue but then i kind of had another more cynical thought that um that this is very similar to relatives fighting because uh mm, typically yeah. when you have a family get together um usually there's like uh uh like there can tend to be uh opposing mindsets that get into very um loud arguments and what what Mm -hmm. holiday is probably most famous for those arguments happening thanksgiving so it's very much giles is very much your your stereotypical racist uncle like in this so, episode. Yeah, and and I'm actually a little... Uh, the cynical part of me is thinking that the main reason that this was done wasn't exactly to start a dialogue, but to kind of mimic... Like, mm. to kind of give you that... Give Buffy that stand-in for relatives fighting at Thanksgiving, which um, seems to be a uh, an essential part in many families, uh, judging from, like, pop culture depictions. So, again, that's the mm. cynical part of me. Maybe they actually were trying to start a dialogue, but in the end, it results in the same thing. Squat. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, that's that, yeah. that that that's me being. It's me being me. <laughs> um, but yeah, like Willow. So. Um, yeah. So uh, they have uh, Willow brings a whole like well. While Buffy and Giles are working on the dinner, um, Willow shows up. She has a whole bunch of books on the Shumash. And um, 
she says like oh they were once very peaceful but uh like all the settlers in sunnydale um were horribly were horrible to them and um oh and uh like one of the things that they would do the sunnydale settlers the white settlers would do is like cut off um like if they were killing a uh, Shumash, then they would cut off the uh, the person's ear to say like, "Oh, I did!" Like as proof of a kill. And um, ergo, that's why uh, that's why Gerhardt's ear was cut off. Um, so at this point is when Willow and Giles Giles sees this as an evil that needs to be um, that needs to be fought. It's an evil that's attacking innocent people. While Willow is like, this isn't evil. This is like a person. Or this is a spirit that is, um, that is acting on a part of people that were that were very mistreated, and and yeah, and there are like, oof, I gotta be careful here. I'm I'm <laughs> heading into dodgy waters, but uh, I think that there are at least with the points that Giles is making, there are, there's obvious, I think that there is good reasoning on both parts. Everything that Willow says about how the how the Shumash tribe were mistreated is a bad thing. However, my support for Giles goes towards the fact that people are getting killed Mm -hmm. by this spirit. And, while I think restitution is important in any aspect, in any situation that reflects this, I don't think that restitution should amount to people being killed. Like, I, and that's, yeah. I mean, this is where the problem with this episode comes into. I yeah. mean, Giles is technically right. Yeah. You know, people are being murdered. You know, that's bad. Um, but they're being murdered because um because the white writers went with this very stereotypical yes depiction uh-huh. so yeah. i mean yeah i you're right that giles is making some good points but they did that um, they did that to like they did that to like make giles's point seem yeah sympathetic and unfortunately that is not what they should have done and Giles right. also does have the whole, like you mentioned before, like, oh, well, it's in the history books, so, like, people should know about it. We know that's not true. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Giles has way more faith in the American educational system than I do. Um, Which is sad, because and he's he really in the American... <laughs> yeah, he's in the American educational system, where he was. <laughs> he worked in high school for three years. You he should, should know. know better. <laughs> um, and then we get... After their argument, they, the two of them also have to have their discussion about Angel. And it's so jarring, like, that they, they have this intense argument. And then immediately, the second, like, Buffy's out of earshot, they're like, oh, by the way, we're, like, ha- like a really, like, I understand that they have to have this conversation about Angel. Like, I get that it needs to happen, but I feel, like, it feels like the tension from their argument even though like they're switching subjects would still be there. Like, you don't just like yeah. have an argument. I mean, I'm, I, 
some people can some people can have a disagreement and you know and then move on from it pretty quickly but that's I mean, Willow and Giles are having more than a disagreement. Like, they were having a fight. And then just this yeah. sudden, like, whiplash of, like, and now we're talking cordially to each other because it's about a different subject that we're, we're in agreement on. Like, it was, it was tonally very jarring and not, like, not in a good way. But at this point, uh, Anya and um, Xander show up and... Xander is like very much uh about to fall over and um they and so they look at uh they look like uh that's when um the gang reveals like oh there's this um spirit that was probably disturbed by the groundbreaking so um Anya kind of like looks up um in the books and it looks like he'll ha- he has malaria, smallpox, <laughs> and the big, big, uh, big exclamation point for Xander is he has syphilis. Syphilis. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but so I'm sorry, because <laughs> like you know, I feel like you know, both of us we've noted that Xander has been acting a little more mature this season. You know, he's he's had less of fewer of his gross moments. They're still there, but I feel like we've been a little kinder to Xander this season. Um, but I he has fucking syphilis, and god damn it, does he deserve it? <laughs> I, I wanna, I wanna. Um, uh, so I already shared this with Jason because it just it tickled me so much. But a couple days ago, um, I got a phone call from a, a friend of mine, uh, a mutual friend of ours, who had uh, started watching the show and was listening to the podcast and had, had just finished the first season. And you were just kind of chatting about it. And he said to me, um, he went, you know, I'm not like I wasn't a bully in high school. I was, you know, really bit. I'm quite a bit of a pacifist. And he went, but I would have bullied Xander Harris. <laughs> and I was, I, it was so fucking funny because, yeah. Like, bullying is wrong. Bullying I, is you know, wrong. Bullying Bull- is wrong. I just really want to clarify that I am not, not pro-bullying unless it's Xander. <laughs> yeah, unless it's like a, unless it's our resident Chad Xander. Um <laughs> well, anyway, there's something I haven't said that often this season. The chat alert. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think it's going to show up less and less, but yeah. Um but then we get another I do have a moment in this episode uh where I think he does deserve a chat alert when he uh starts saying some pretty shitty things about uh how all vengeance demons should be yeah. killed. <laughs> I and and oh. I was like, I didn't know you felt that way, <laughs> right? I I felt so. I, it's it actually kind of pisses me off because it's played like a like a it's 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 a throwaway joke, um, and uh, you know some like there's no unpacking it. Like Anya forgets about it like pretty much yeah. immediately, um, and you know he's like, oh, I blame it on the syphilis, and so <laughs> you um, know that uh that um that song, blame it on the syphilis. Blame on the sif 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 syphilis. Um, meanwhile, it should be brought up that during all of this, 
Buffy is like interrupting everything to get people to help out around the kitchen because she is still obsessed with this Thanksgiving dinner. And then they get another knock on the door because at this point, everybody's there that should be. Turns out that it is Spike. Um, and he is he is wearing a blanket and asking them to uh, asking them to let him in. And uh, Buffy, it like really does say like, why? <laughs> yeah, I agree. Like, yeah, why would I do that? It's so, uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar is great in this scene. She's just, like, kind of just standing there on the other side of the barrier, like, smirking at him, like, uh, and when he, like, tries to force his way in and just gets knocked back by the mystical barrier. Um, <laughs> it's really great. And then he has a moment where he's, like, he's explaining to him, like, he can't hurt anyone, and he's like, uh, Willow, Willow, tell him, tell him what you, what I, what I did. He's like, she's like, you came into my room and said you were going to murder me and Buffy. And he's like, okay. But then after, <laughs> after that. <laughs> and uh, Willow confirms, yes, he, he was unable to harm her. And, um, and this is when Spike uses basically his only bargaining chip. Which yeah, is like... he's got information on the initiative. And uh, so in the end, they allow him to come inside but they do tie him very securely to a chair. So I I have to say, you know, everything that's coming that's super problematic. I I can't stop laughing though at this image of Spike like tied to this chair. Um I I I got a big kick out of uh out of it it's it's pretty good um so now god i really just kind of want to breeze through a lot of this they're trying I, to figure out i think we can yeah I, I, they're trying I, to so the gang tries to figure out who the next target's going to be and they think oh they're going for people in authority and so they think, oh, what about the Dean? The Dean was involved with the cultural center as well. Willow, Xander, and Anya go to the Dean's office. They want to warn him. They're like, oh, you're, you're, uh, you're in danger. Um, Willow is trying to argue that she doesn't want... She constantly tries to bring out, like, we don't want to kill this guy. Um, yeah. And uh, so... Um, and But the spirit, meanwhile, Huss is calling forth more spirits um and uh buffy giles and spike are attacked by these spirits um at at the uh, at giles apartment <laughs> and um they're basically there's basically this rain down of arrows because uh, yeah. of course they're native americans so of course they're going to shoot arrows at them uh yep. uh while giles and buffy are taking cover Spike's still tied to the chair, so he can't do anything. He just fucking pincushion. Yeah, he he gets hit by at least three arrows, probably more. Um, Oh, I was watching. This reminded me because I can't remember. I was watching something the other day. What was it? Where something similar happens. There's a character who can't be harmed or killed or whatever. Who's? Oh, I was watching. Um. Uh. Uh, two X-Men references in a row. The Wolverine. Um, 
there, there's like the scene in the end where he's like got all like the harpoons in him. Oh yeah. Um, and um, it was making me think of that. That's two all thirds, I have to say. Two thirds of that movie was really good. Um, yeah, it's got a lot of cool stuff in it, and like, yeah, it it kind of falls apart there at the end, though. It really does. Oh, um, and God, what's her name? The 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 white lady villain. She's aw- She was awful. Like, oof. Yeah. Um, but back to this episode. Um, yeah. So Willow, Willow, Xander, and Anya, uh, they run into Angel. Of course, they immediately think that he's evil. He's like. Why does everybody just think that I'm evil? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't been evil for a really long time, you guys. Um, Anya, Anya proves, yet again, my theory. She is immediately like, oh, you're angel. Uh, okay. <laughs> you're very uh, tall and glowery. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and... it's not it's not her reaction to Xander, but I mean, she's like... <laughs> Well, you know, Xander's a little busy. Can... You know, if Xander dies from this smallpox... Some syphilis. Then... <laughs> uh, no, no, no. Remember, the syphilis will turn, yeah. make him blind the and small... go crazy, but it won't yeah. kill him. The smallpox, the smallpox will. will kill him. Um... There's a moment when they're le- before they walk into Angel where they're leaving the Dean's house. We don't actually see them meet the Dean. It's just, we see them leaving. Oh, yeah, and, and Anya's got uh, the pie. <laughs> she's like, they're, they're kind of bitching that he wouldn't listen to them. And yeah, Anya just goes, I liked his wife. She gave me pie. And she's, yeah, she's got like a she's little... Holding the, she's holding a plate with a piece of pie with saran wrap over it. Yeah. Pretty good. I wanted to see that. I, I <laughs> wanted to see Anya and the Dean's wife, like bonding while like xander and willow presumably talk to the dean you know i um i that's the that's the content i wanted uh well nobody gets what they want in this episode um but uh yeah so angel says oh well the shumash are probably going to go after who they consider to be the strongest warrior and so they immediately all think oh they're going after buffy and um so Angel's like, all right, you guys get there. And he um, and he breaks some bike locks and they steal bikes in a scene that's like almost out of E.T. Just like the the cavalry music, um, like the here comes the cavalry music while they're on their bikes. Well, that's uh, it, though, isn't it? Like, I got the impression, once again, read the room writers, that it was supposed to be kind of like the cowboys on their horses. Yeah. Um, which, ooh, that is... It's not good. It's no really one was thinking not good. this through. Um, but, uh, yeah, so what follows is a very, like, very kind of messy fight. Just, um, like, uh, and probably, like, one of the worst parts is um, Willow... Uh, attacking one of the Shumash mm-hmm. with a shovel. Technically, both Anya and Willow are attacking it, but Willow's just like, why won't you die? And I'm yeah. like, oh, oh. God. Um, yeah, uh, Angel is able to stay outside and fight the Shumash outside while Buffy is inside. She, um, Buffy realizes that none of her weapons work, but uh, the uh, Huss's own knife um is the only way that can kill him so when she makes this realization Huss turns into a big bear and uh and at this point 
like, I don't know, there's, like, this dumb exchange between Buffy and Spike. Like, you made a bear, and... I didn't mean to. Yeah, and I'm like, oh my god, this is just, this is getting out of hand. Well, and it's so awkward because it's, the way it's filmed, it's so obvious that this bear is nowhere near the actors. Like, you get shots of the bear, and you get shots of the actors, and then, like, Anytime that they're in the same shot, you're not actually seeing all of the bear. You're seeing just, like, his shoulder. And it's, like, very obviously just, like, a prop. Um, and listen, like, I get it. I, I don't want Sarah Michelle Geller or James Marsters to be mauled to death by a bear. Like, you know, safe working conditions and all. But, you know, maybe the episode didn't need to have the indigenous character magically turn into a bear. Yeah. Maybe that could have just not happened. I, maybe none of this could have happened. But um, she the knife and stab the bear with it. This causes all the spirits to disappear. Um, Yay. The episode ends with the white people killing all the Native Americans. Yep. Um, Angel walks away. Uh, Buffy never sees him. However, she does, of course, look up and see the space that, right where Angel was. Um but yeah, so then they all decide that, hey, you know what, we've, we, we can all sit down to Thanksgiving dinner. Um, and uh, Buffy says like, oh, it feels like so nice to return to normalcy, it was just like old times. And uh, Xander says, oh yeah, especially with Angel being here. And that's how it ends. I do, uh, I have to say, I do love that final shot from Buffy's perspective of like everyone looking at her for her reaction to this news. And then in the blackout, you hear Xander go, oops. Um, I got a chuckle out of that, but yeah, that not much else. That was pangs. Oh, we made it. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, just, uh, yeah, the poorly, poorly conceived episode. It is. And like I, like I mentioned before, even if you disregard all of the um, all of the bad depictions, all the racist like it, let's just boil it down to all the racist depictions of Native Americans, mm-hmm. which you shouldn't disregard. But even if you disregard all that, it's just a bad episode in general. Like the story, yeah. Like it, at no point is the is the villain compelling. Like even if it was, even if it was like a the spirit of some old white settler um it would still wouldn't be compelling um the way that it's written uh yeah angel is there just because i think just to remind us all that hey guess what angel comes on right after this um this it was even advertised as a dramatic buffy angel two-hour event um to coincide I mean, with like the next that's technically true yeah (laughs) but um yeah and like honestly all of the stuff that's supposed to be important in this episode is bad and Mm -hmm. um i am going to give this probably my lowest score that i've given an episode on this podcast i'm going to give it one poorly planned crossover out of five um, the one mm. comes from the enjoyable moments with Spike and Harmony and the enjoyable moments of Anya. 
Um, cause yeah. pre her getting into the plot of the episode. Um, cause yeah, yep. that, that basically that opening scene, that opening scene where you're like, <laughs> yeah. And that, I think that's around the time when the writers are starting to realize like, guys, we've got some, we've got fire here with Anya. Like we've got something good. Yep. Um, yeah, I have to agree. It's, uh, you know, like I said, I, I do think, I, I, you know, I do believe that I like that they thought that they were like presenting a nuanced discussion on this topic, but they really, really weren't. Um, and it's really obvious that, uh, outside of the actor playing, uh, Huss, that no Native uh, Native American Chumash people were were involved in the making of this at all. Um, so, and that's a big problem. And yeah, there's um, there's like you said, there's a couple good things with Anya. Um, Harmony's great, but everything else is just so troubling. And yeah, I. I wonder, you know, Jane Espenson wrote this episode. I am curious, though, if this was an episode that she actually conceived or if it was, um, you know, the writer's room or Joss himself was like, we're going to do a Native American themed Thanksgiving episode. And Jane, you get to write it because it doesn't feel like a Jane Espenson episode. You it, know? it doesn't. It be- has very little of her signature wit. Mm hmm um yeah so i am just curious about about that about where this conception came from i mean i could be wrong you know she could have written it and you she could have had the idea i don't know but um yeah i'm also i'm gonna give this episode uh one collapsed mission out of five I don't know, like, I, I really don't have anything to say, anything more to say about this episode. I'd just as soon no. kind of, like, leave it. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, let's let's not, let's not talk about it again. It again. <laughs> um, I mean, granted, we will probably make a couple references to it um, next week uh, when we tackle yeah. our, uh, our next episode of Angel, seeing as how this is a crossover but um but yeah it's funny how how little we were looking forward to doing this episode is like directly inverse i think to how much we've been looking forward uh to to the next episode and you know i'm gonna say this uh this episode is one of the worst that i think this season has to offer but i think um the next two buffy episodes are some of the best that this season has to offer um i'm gonna look and see oh yes next week or not next week because it's an angel episode uh but next week in 1999 uh yeah and then the episode after that of course is ah yes oh yeah 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 so we're gonna have uh and 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 our next two angel episodes are are two really good episodes. yes no yeah So. so guys we got good stuff coming up. It's just um, hopefully you enjoyed our discussion on this. Um, if uh, if you think that like we're full of shit about talking about these native uh, 
uh, all of these native topics, um, feel free to tell us that because, uh, you know, we need to learn. Like, um, we, we, we grew up in a very white-centric country, and uh, we, we definitely need to make sure that our perspectives are widened. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, that's, that's kind of like the point, being, being willing to learn. Um, and hopefully, uh, everyone in, oh, I also, I, I meant to say this, uh, when I was wrapping my stuff, my own stuff up, um, I, I did want to leave us with one quote that I wrote down from, uh, the Meti in Space podcast, um, where one of the hosts said, um, it really is, uh, about Buffy's own narrative and the indigenous peoples provide a really excellent foil and I just want to note that the uh, really excellent was said extremely sarcastically. Yeah. Um, so I I guess I don't know why I felt like I couldn't say it sarcastically. Um, the indigenous peoples provide a really excellent foil uh, on which that is enacted. So, and you know what the sad thing is? Yeah. Like Buffy's storyline, being obsessed with Thanksgiving, that like that's not compelling in the slightest. Like it, it no. it's it's out of character for her and it honestly like you it'd be you wouldn't be blamed if you forgot it um but anyway huh. yeah all right guys we're, we're leaving this yep. one behind thank you for joining us on booze and buffy sorry about the episode um the the buffy episode not our podcast episode um but we will be back next week with angel season one episode eight i will remember you And as a tease, this is one of my probably top three Angel episodes. Um, It's a good one. Yeah, it's super good. (laughs) Uh, I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's spelled C-O-F-F-M-A-N. I also have a blog where I write about a different horror film each week. This week, I am writing about 1931, or maybe it was 32, I can't remember, um, Vampire, which was... I did not care for it. (laughs) Spoiler (laughs) alert! (laughs) I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram at YummyJ357 and on Twitter at PlainOldYummyJ. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy, or you can email us if you have anything longer to say at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. The and is spelled out A-N-D. And don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And each week we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. This week we're highlighting the American Indian Science and Engineering Society. The mission of the American Indian Science and Engineering Society is to substantially increase the representation of American Indians, Alaska Natives, Native Hawaiians, Pacific Islanders, First Nations, and other indigenous peoples of North America in science, technology, engineering, and math, aka STEM, studies and careers. Visit www.aises.org for more information. And as always, go slay. And be gay. Goodbye. Bye.